Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today's episode you ever heard of shoppers high there's some new science that shows how using plastic lights up your brain also uh, <laughs> this is the flip side of this there's a new option for establishing credit i want you to know about so over the years i've done a lot of counseling with individuals and couples that are in a world of hurt with debt and there are different situations that lead people into debt half of the time it's not lifestyle it's medical debt but the other half often it's how we handle money that gets us into trouble and i've had a standard method that i've used when i'm dealing with people who have lifestyle debt I've used it for more than 30 years. And it sounds so antiquated now. But it's all about paying for everything that's walking around with cash. I've found again and again and again that people in over their heads financially end up getting control back if they get rid of plastic And it doesn't mean closing accounts, although some people need to do that. It's where you put your cards literally in the deep freeze. And if you think I'm kidding, I'm not. It's where you take a freezer bag, put your credit and debit card in the credit and debit cards, because to say singular, it's not true for most people. You put them in a plastic bag, put water in the bag, seal it, and throw it in your freezer. And I've just been stunned over the years. I mean, there are people who who bail out and don't stick with it, but people who do are shocked how quickly they dig out of debt by living on an allowance. And the way it works is you come up with an amount of money you're going to take in cash, every pay period or once a month and you got to get through that cycle with that cash and it changes behavior now i had somebody last time i talked about this say what do i do a lot of stores and restaurants won't take cash anymore and that is possibly a factor but not often there are places that say no cash anymore but it's not something you'd find everywhere you go, not even close. And so if you have the thing where you feel like your wallet's out of control on you, try it where you go to a cash allowance. 
And I've seen where the spending issues can rip a couple apart. You know, a relationship could be sound otherwise, but money becomes the thing that uh, creates distrust, anger, resentment, a complete breakdown potentially in a relationship or a marriage. So try the cash method. And if both of you are on board with that, or even you're just a single individual, you'll find the difference it makes. Now, here's the flip side to that. There was a report in scientific reports that found that plastic, paying for things with plastic, triggers a reaction in the brain. And that you feel so much pleasure and no consequences from using plastic that, and see, I don't distinguish between credit cards and debit cards with this, because with a debit card as well, you don't feel the spend. You may see an immediate change in your balance, but you're not going to feel the spend. And in fact, in this report, researchers used an MRI to study brain activity, and they found that people were much more likely to spend when they were buying with plastic versus cash. So if you don't have a spending problem, good, don't worry about it. But if you do or somebody you know is complaining to you and they sincerely really want to have that control back, this is a way for you to get it back. Krista? Clark, this is from Amy in Georgia. What is a not expensive, legitimate company or website or way to buy a puppy during this time without getting scammed? <sighs> I'm having an incredibly hard time finding someone with puppies without asking for cash via Zelle or Cash App and without me seeing them in person. Please help. Amy, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I've done two stories on TV with people who got scammed this way with the fake puppy thing. Uh, when somebody's asking you who you don't know to pay with Zelle or the Cash App or someone else getting asked by Venmo, you never, 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 not ever use these apps to pay a stranger you don't know for, in this case, a puppy you've not seen. And so this is a great instinct on your part and flat out don't do it. A legitimate breeder loves dogs and wants you to feel the joy and wants you to see the puppies. Somebody who's being mysterious like this, they are going to scam you. But there are ways you can lower the cost a whole lot. And if there's a particular breed you want, there are rescue groups for uh, even rare breeds. And there are rescue groups in general. Um, the, the dogs that are the hardest to place are dogs that are mixed, that are not some kind of pedigree, don't have uh, uh, American Kennel Club papers or anything like that. And Krista, you ended up with a dog that was, uh, is your dog some kind of purebred? She's or? super fancy. Uh, we have two dogs. One is a total mutt, 
<laughs> she's awesome. And then we wanted to get her a companion because one of our, our other dog passed away. And the same rescue group that we got our first dog from um, got a one-year-old in um, an Aussie doodle. And um, she'd had some some issues or whatever, and she was she was Aussie doodle. In. She's an Australian Shepherd slash poodle, but she doesn't shed at all, which I actually really loved. And so we adopted her too. And um, people stop us on the streets about her. It's so funny. Our other dog is like nobody cares about her, Aww. and she's really pretty too. But anyway, yeah, we were we did get a um, a purebred dog that somebody paid a lot of money for, um, but we just supported the rescue we got her from. And uh, so the thing about the ads, when you see these online ads and all that, gosh, don't, don't, don't buy one of these pets or send a large deposit sight unseen. I'd love for you to talk to your veterinarian if you've already had pets because they know where to direct you and you want a place that guarantees the puppy in the event that the puppy either, either or it doesn't have to be a puppy necessarily, could be a rescue for an adult dog or when you're getting a puppy. People who really love dogs want the placement to be good. The placement's not good for a period of time. They say, hey, bring that dog back. We're going to find another good home for that dog. And there's a lot of information at the American Kennel Club website, akc.org, that's not just about uh, purebreds. And know that there's a difference between purebreds that people say are purebreds and those that have proper papers, if that kind of stuff is important to you. Okay, and you just talked about credit cards earlier. Priscilla in California is 52 and wants to pay her credit card debt in full. She says, I want to use my money from my IRA. Is that smart? I would be penalized the 10%, correct? My credit card rates range from 16% to 24%. I'm unemployed at the moment. I have $40,000 in the IRA and I need $20,000 to pay off the debt. My plan, once it's paid off, is to start putting money towards retirement once I'm working again. Priscilla, I'm really sorry about your job circumstance. And you are right. You'll pay the 10% penalty because you're unemployed, you'll be in a much lower tax bracket. So if you were to take money out of your IRA, the overall tax hit would be a lot lower than it normally would be. You will lose that money being there to grow for you in the future. And I respect so much that in a time of unemployment, you want to pay off your debts. I'm more concerned about you having that money as a reserve to live on if you have an extended period of unemployment. So uh, the credit card debts you have, there's a reputational harm if you let them go into delinquent status, but you also, if you eat up money from your IRA to pay those debts, you don't have that money available if you need it to live on, to pay rent, to pay for food, whatever. So I'm nervous about you going this direction. On the other hand, if you want to preserve your credit standing and you're not expecting a long, long period of unemployment as the job market truly has improved, then go ahead and do this. But it will require you, when you do get back on your feet employed, 
to put a super high priority on putting as much money as you possibly can into retirement accounts. It'll take you, though, three years just to get back to where you were in your IRA putting in max each year. This is from Bruce in Ohio. I received an email stating that due to a class action lawsuit against Blue Cross Blue Shield Insurance, I may be able to share in that settlement. Is this a real lawsuit and settlement? Should I file a claim? And what do I risk by filing a claim? Are they just trying to get personal data? Bruce, there, there is a legitimate, actually there's more than one lawsuit as far as I'm aware with Blue Cross Blue Shield. One of them uh, just reached a settlement couple of days ago and this is a different one that you have received a notice of it is a legitimate settlement um blue cross blue shield has faced a number of lawsuits alleging that they have been essentially engaged in a market share manipulation and as a result price fixing and so the settlement a couple of days ago is to allow more competition in the marketplace. And this one, the earlier one, I don't know the grounds of it, but it is a legitimate suit. Krista, I'm curious, have you seen anything how much money each individual is likely to get from this one? I have not, but it just says it's a $2.6 billion settlement. And so a lot of these letters have been going out recently. And that settlement was like half a year ago or more. Mm -hmm. So... um, as to how much money each individual is going to get, I'm clueless, but it is legit. Are you or someone you know trying to rebuild your credit? So two sides of the credit coin in this podcast. There's a brand new offering I want to tell you about straight ahead. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've talked about Chime for a while. Chime is uh, what's known as a fintech, which is uh, seems like bank, but not an actual real bank that has an, an arrangement with a bank to see that your accounts with Chime have FDIC insurance. And Chime has done a great job eliminating all the junk fees and pain points that you'd have with the bank. In fact, I love... One of the big things they talk about right when you go to Chime's website, which is chime.com, is no hidden bank fees. You know, I, if you've listened to me any number of years, you know how much contempt I have for the traditional banking sector that has a culture that it's built around where it's all about trying to get people's wallets. It is not a business that has 
been based on altruistic purposes. And there's nothing wrong with making a profit. The problem in banking is it's all been about how to trick you, how to fee you, how to eat you up in that wallet. And so that's left the market wide open for the fantastic growth of credit unions, online banks that start from the ground up with a different culture, and then the fintechs that are offering bank-like services. The banks are furious about all these new competitors. The banks tried years ago to destroy credit unions. And they were so excited when they won a unanimous decision in the U.S. Supreme Court that destroyed the future of credit unions. And there was such an uproar across the nation that the Congress, on a bipartisan basis, in record time, passed a new law that reestablished legality for credit unions. Banks want to have a monopoly, and they want to demolish you. But now, it's getting out of their hands. You know, Jamie Dimon, who's considered to be the grandfather of the banking business now, the CEO of Chase, the most successful bank in the United States, has talked about how the banks are sitting ducks for all these new competitors because how they do business. Well, Chime took all the things that you hate and got rid of them and actually pays a mediocre rate on savings, but much better than the banks. And they keep coming up with new ways to treat you better. One of the ways that banks have acted the worst is how they've treated people with no credit or a history of bad credit. And they either want nothing to do with you or they do these slimy, rip-off, high-fee, secured card plans. Well, Chime has come up with something called the Credit Builder, which is a Visa card where you have a credit card and you will see that paying your bills on time will help you if you've not had a history of credit, establish it. If you had a history of bad credit, we'll help you heal it. And what they've done is they've eliminated all the junk fees for having a secured card. Excellent. Excellent thing. And it gives you control because you decide by how much deposit you put in savings with Chime what your credit limit will be. So even if your credit is trash, most people will qualify for this credit builder. If you have no credit, almost everyone will qualify for this. And there are alternatives. I've talked about the pedal card that because of my poor diction, I always spell P-E-T-A-L card.com that uses alternative uh, scoring models to allow people who've never had traditional credit to get a Visa card. And then most credit unions offer some form of thing typically called a fresh start program where you can get a credit card that has minimal security attached to it typically, and it becomes a full-fledged normal credit card in terms of how it's reported to the credit bureaus virtually immediately. So you're not stuck with uh, one of these check cashers. 
You're not stuck with the payday lenders. There are more and more places for people that are alienated from banks or unbanked to be able to do the equivalent of banking and not get cheated like so many of the banks want to do to you. Uh, So what do you think, Krista? Should I be like an honored guest at the American Bankers Association Convention when they have their next one after coronavirus? Virtually, maybe. Uh, Yeah. So they can throw virtual darts at me instead of real ones. All right, Clark. Byron in Kentucky says, I see so many restaurants now that aren't full service, including a tip line on their receipts. What level of service requires a tip now? If I order at the counter, take a number, and someone brings my meal to the table, should I tip? I still have to get my own refills and bust my table afterwards. Also, will I have to tip the robots when they take over? And P.S. Clark sitting in a kindergarten-sized chair needs to make its way onto Twitter. (laughs) So if you're not familiar with the kindergarten-sized chair, I was having problems staying directional on the mic for the podcast. Standing still. Because I don't stand still. I'm like a jitterbug. So Krista put me in this fixed chair that sits extra low, and I looked like the parent uh, there for a (laughs) parent-teacher conference in kindergarten sitting in the chair. So... Krista kindly has been able to find a setting to adjust on the mic that holds my volume pretty well, even as I stray a little bit from the mic. Yeah, Thank you for standing that. now. So Just... I'm, I'm back to standing. I'm only comfortable when I'm talking, talking with my hands and standing. So if I'm not gesturing with my hands, my IQ goes down about 40 <laughs> points. If I'm sitting, it goes down like another 60 points. So... I'm, I thank you for freeing me to be able to stand again. This thing with the restaurants and uh, quick serve places and all that is a conundrum because you're paying to go there. You're not having table service. But just about everywhere you go now, there will be the tip line. And I find that I do tip and... I tend to tip 10% when I'm at a place that's not offering table service. If I'm just walking up to a register, ordering something, and then it's asking for a tip, I tip 10. And I know that's dangerous for me since I have a reputation of being so cheap, but a lot of people working behind that counter are not being paid um, enough money potentially. And the store is having you, the restaurant, having you subsidize their pay, essentially, with the tip. The thing I always worry, though, about when I add that tip, is it actually going to the workers or is it being kept by the owners of the restaurant? And what do you do? Like, you get uh, four Starbucks a day. Do you tip (laughs) four times a day? Does Starbucks take tips? How does that work? When tipping in general, I usually just do 20%. Even if it's not a full-service restaurant? I do, especially just because of, like, the pandemic and everything. I just feel like, you know, people have lost so much in their wages, and I don't know if they – like, at the place we talked about last week where you have to sit down, you do everything through your app, and they just bring you the food. I just feel bad because it must be hard because they probably don't get as many tips. So you just made me sound like the worst Ebenezer Scrooge you ever. Asked, you asked me. Yeah, but it's it's the truth. And it'll be interesting to see, Byron, what other people have to say in reaction to this. 
because this does not have a clear answer because it is a gray area where we're being asked to tip at all different places that are not full service and it's hard to know what to do yep i mean what are you supposed to do you go to wawa for people in the eastern part of the country where wawa has the big restaurant operation inside and you got hoagies and drinks and all that um I've never seen anybody tip at a Wawa, but they're doing restaurant kind of stuff. Should people be tipping at the Wawa or the Quick Trip or whatever if they're getting food there? What would you do there? Because they don't ask for a I tip. know. I don't know. It's hard. But if there's a tip line, usually I feel guilty. It's probably not the smartest way I do it. Here's yeah, another wait, wait, wait. one. You just, you just bashed yourself after you're giving 20%. Don't bash yourself for being a generous heart. <laughs> All right. This is an interesting one too. Ken in Georgia says, my grocery store has recently started demanding to scan the back of a customer's driver's license when they buy wine. You've previously told us to avoid giving our driver's license number along with a credit card in order to avoid identity theft. Since I use a credit card to pay for these and the scan will provide the license number from the code on the back, wouldn't it violate your instructions? Ken, this one's tough on uh, beer, wine, and liquor because of how good counterfeit licenses are now for teenagers that are trying to buy alcohol. Um, A lot of stores, in order to not get in trouble with state alcohol beverage control authorities, are doing these scan verifications so they can say, hey, we do 100% ID check and we know that that we were not being fed fake licenses i the question i would have and i think you got to go talk to the store manager at your grocery store is that data captured or is it only looked at for your transaction because the danger to you comes if they're storing that and by the way unless a store has to do so for the abc authorities the alcohol control people it's a terrible idea for them to capture that because then when they get hit with a data breach, they've now exposed people's driver's license data. If it's just a scan of it that verifies and then they don't store it, that would be a much safer thing for you. And that's what I would ask the store manager. Okay, and staying on the theme of stores and receipts, Stephen Washington says, what do you recommend when retailers offer you a paper receipt for credit or debit charges? I have a pile of paper receipts, but wonder if it's really necessary to keep them for a certain length of time. So if there's a receipt I get that is important, I'll give you an example. If I, get a, if I buy a computer or any kind of electronics, that has coverage on it, either from the store or from a credit card I use to pay, or just the manufacturer's warranty. I take a picture of that receipt with my phone. So I have it in the event I ever need to make a warranty claim. Um, Otherwise, or a return. Otherwise, I throw receipts away. Because I can't think of, after you've received your statement, or your credit card, or your checking account statement that your debit card ties into, once you've cross-referenced your receipts, I don't see any reason you need them anymore. And I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Clark Howard Show. For more ways to fatten that wallet of yours, go to Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. 